I looked over and saw blood on the window. Only I didn't know it was blood. Sweet Jesus. Then Chris comes out of the store. Yeah, and I got out and went over and opened the door. And there she was. I could see her spine sticking out. Want some water? That'd be cool, thanks. So you saw nothing else? How many times do I have to say it? I... Wait a minute. I did see... What? What? Someone was watching from behind a bush. What did they look like? I couldn't tell. The window was all fogged up. But I think he was wearing a mask. What kind of mask? His face was covered, and he was kind of creepy, like evil, you know. Yeah, I know. So there's a lot that happens. Especially at the beginning. They, like, really throw a lot at you. They really do. Anyway. Hello, Hello, everyone. everyone. And welcome to Definitely First Blood. My name is Mitch. And I'm Christopher. And we are a horror movie podcast. Do we say we're Definitely First Blood? I don't know. I didn't even realize you were recording. I know. I started it to get some of that that candor at the beginning. Wow. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Amazing. So we're definitely First Blood. We're a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies of the 70s, 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and sometimes, sometimes today. today. Hope everyone's doing okay in their quarantine. It's obviously going great for us. Mm-hmm. I'm working from home. Yeah. As ev- most people are. Yes. Hopefully, if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say, like, your quarantine has been largely so far? Uh, it has been surreal, I would say, to certain extents. The few times we've had to venture out for uh, rations and su- supplies, it has been spookily quiet. Sorry, I'm opening a beer. That's okay. Yeah. I would say so, too. Didn't we watch a movie recently? We, we just watched Revenge. No, I know. We again. rewatched Revenge. But we did... See a new one that wow, this bodes well for I it. I think we liked it, <laughs> didn't we? Uh, was it oh, one man. of those ones that has like an uplifting ending? Like, god damn it, what was it? Whatever, I guess we will. We just tried to think of it off air, we could not figure out what it was. No, so obviously, it was a forgettable movie it one way or been. the other. It must have been. So we did watch we Tiger King, as did everyone else in the entire world. So we will save you from. Our reactions to it, because they're the same as everyone else. Oh, dogs barking in the hallway? We're back, I think. Yeah, uh, there was a <clears throat> fracas in the hallway. Quite the, the party, it seemed. A, a neighborhood uh, party. Every dog in the whole world barked 
for way too long. And it uh, really upset me. <laughs> no, it's cool. Oh boy. It was These are the long. times we're living in, man. This is uh this is quarantine quarantine life. I hate it. I hate it so much. Getting interrupted talking about Tiger King. Doing our it's it's like they don't know we're doing a podcast yeah. either. How dare they? How dare they? How <laughs> very dare live their life in a public uh shared space. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm so I, how have we really been spending our quarantine? Largely video games. Yeah. You have been like anti horroring by playing Animal Crossing. There's a certain horror to it, I think. Like, uh, it's perfect. Oh no, I didn't get my wood. It's a capitalist horror. You're always in debt, although Tom Nook never charges interest. Yeah. Anyways, it's not Animal Crossing podcast, but it's insanely cute. I'm having too much fun with it. Good. It's finally broke my Minecraft-oriented binges, which... Yeah, you get really sucked into well, Minecraft. Well, because I have... And every time I start a new world, I have a challenge of filling double chests with every single item in the game, which is an impossible task. Yeah. Uh, but I am still compelled to try to do it. Uh, and I thankfully, there's just not enough storage space in Animal Crossing. <laughs> For you Although, to do the same sort of thing. I'm you're, trying. you're pushing it to the limit. I'm trying here. I've seen all of your fish laying around there. Yeah, you have. It was embarrassing. Your tarantulas. Before I knew what I was doing. And I was hoarding millions of the same fish and not selling them. I could have been a, a millionaire. A bajillion dollar guy. A billionaire. <laughs> oh, dear. We have. I would have thought we would be watching more movies than we have been. We really, yeah. I need to bust out some of my crazy ones that you haven't seen. I guess. That are just visually stunning or something. <laughs> even if they're light on the interesting plots. Well, this movie that we watched today was extremely light on interesting plot. It was also light on uh, Most visual things. splendor, Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, granted, the copy that we were watching, it was like watching well, yeah, it. Yeah, because it's on the... YouTube. So it's like VHS quality mm -hmm. minus 10. Uh, we were watching it on a large television. And I want to say it was basically like watching it like we were watching it at the bottom of a cereal box sort of. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. I yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it actually was probably better because it made it look like higher resolution. Like, I feel like this is the worst resolution movie, worst quality movie. One of, one of them, that's one of for them. sure. I feel like Rocktober Blood was pretty close. I'll trust you there. Don't remember that one? Uh, not well enough. Did Rocktober Blood have a random blue out in the middle of... It did not, no. <laughs> but that's part of the charm oh, of watching VHS videos on YouTube. Yes. Hell yes it is. I loved it. I loved every second of that blue yes. period. So The Night Brings Charlie from 1990, directed by Tom Logan. Mm -hmm. um, he still works, but in nothing that I've ever heard of. It seems to be mostly things like, um, like you know, when you see something and it's so low budget, and you wonder, like, who is this for? Yeah. And also, who is paying for this? Sort of like the Donnelly Heising stuff, where it's just like, who, yes. who's watching this? Who's making this? You're going away for murder. <laughs> yeah. So it's stuff like that. Uh, it was written by Bruce Carson. He is mostly a stunt guy. He did stunts on The Hills Have Eyes too. He was Johnny Depp's stunt double in Nightmare on Elm Street, and he was the safety advisor on Fave of the Podcast, Crocodile, one of our first episodes. Oh, nice. 
from 2000. Congratulations. Stars Chuck Whiting as the eponymous Charlie. Amy Teneglia, here she's credited as Amy Teneglia, as Jenny. Uh, she was in some movie called Asylum of Terror about a child molester's ghost terrorizing an amusement park. She's now an attorney. Wow. Yes. Glow up. We've got Monica Simmons as Tanya, Joe Fishback as Walt, and Carrie Knight as the sheriff, amongst others. Um, right off the bat, I will say the logo for this movie is fantastic. It was I, like, I loved it. It's so good. Like those logos on VHS, like like plain blank VHS tapes or something like that. You know what I mean? It was like, but like a metal version. It was really good. I like. I think it, I know but... what you're talking about, but I don't really see the comparison. Okay. Or like a vanity. At least not what I'm like visualizing. Like a late 70s, early 80s vanity card. Like a production company almost. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's, I would say it's, it's more like album art. Yeah. Definitely. Than it is like movie art. That's true. That's very true. Heavy metal. That was my first thought. Yeah. That was that it sort of looked like yes, heavy metal. Definitely. Part of the way through this logo, it gets covered in blood, which is amongst the spookiest of liquids to get covered in. Yeah. It would be so sticky. Definitely. And you'd smell bad. Certainly. Yeah. This whole time there is calamitous organ music going on that's really omnipresent, way too loud. This whole movie is like a bizarre synth nightmare. I actually didn't notice the score very much in this one. I definitely did. Uh, shall we dive right into it? So we open with a welcome to Paco sign. Pacoe. Pacoe, excuse me. They correct the sheriff what he mispronounced. Well, that's it. why, because he got it stuck in my head yeah. as the first one. So it opens up on this road leading to Pacoe. We see mm -hmm. this pickup truck roll up, and then he starts... Uh, uh, then it cuts to like him putting all of his killing utensils on the yeah, wall. Yeah, axes and whatnot. A big serrated knife. Very scary. And then later there's a couple making out, but she gets out because she's got to go home because it's getting late. And mm -hmm. then she gets her head sawed off. It was honestly very quick. Like yeah. it was probably in the span of 30 seconds. She gets out of the car, walks up her front steps to the stoop, and then immediately is murdered. Yeah. And no one notices. The next morning they find her body. Uh, the, the cops come along, mm -hmm. and we learn that this isn't the first murder. And also her head is gone. Just like the other ones. Uh, like all movies like this, the cops don't know squat about these dang murders, other mm -hmm. than that they're using a serrated saw of some kind. Yes. And... What else? Uh, the uh, the coroner is like, oh my god, not another one. I haven't had, even had coffee yet. <laughs> like priorities, man. So we head over to the medical like, medical examiner's office mm -hmm. where they do the trope where the like assistant Emmy is of course eating. Yeah, and there's also this very large jar, and I mean huge jar, the of biggest mystery liquid formaldehyde maybe it's clear see-through it looks like kool-aid it's like one of those cooligan things but like twice as wide mm. and he's like want to see what happens to your organs like, on a high that, high the, that thing where the guy sealed his like terrarium shut in the 70s and yes it's, it's still alive exactly that dark, yes it is too large to do anything reasonable with. Yeah. It's basically only for nefarious purposes. Oh, yes. Uh, important to note that the medical examiner from, look, we've mm -hmm. seen this before, blah, blah, blah. He's also the main character's father. And he's 
drinking on the job. He's really upset because the victim was the same age as his daughter's. Mm -hmm. And his daughter really wants to go to this party tonight. She's demanding it. She's dead set on it, no matter what he says or which of her friends are murdered. (laughs) And then the... It really bounces around a lot, I thought, at the beginning of this. And then it just really goes slow. So, like, the cops get back to their office. Mm -hmm. The DA character is there. And this DA character is a jackass. A smarmy, blonde. He looks like like a California jackass. Yeah. He looks like someone that they, a DA that they would interview on, like, uh, forensic files. Yes, exactly. And he's like. Well, I didn't know when I found the body that she was going to be missing her head. He doesn't talk like that, but the character I'm thinking of does talk like that. But also maybe I'm still stuck in Tiger King. He says, uh, hey, new sheriff. Who's from L.A. This isn't L.A. anymore. (laughs) This is. Pacoe also, and it's small town, and we do things differently, I guess. I guess. I don't know. He's basically saying you L.A. cops are lackadaisical. Company! We have to talk. I didn't think district attorneys did anything else. Listen, you're new here. This isn't L.A. Our citizens expect their police to do things. Oh, I think I'm adjusting rather well. I bought a hat. I'm even thinking about getting a lasso. Very funny. You're going to choke yourself right out of a job, mister. You're going to clean this mess up and quick. We're working on it. Things move a little slower here in Paco. It's Pacoe. What a dick! Where, where do you think this is? Maybe like... Texas? Northern California? You thought this was California? Well, he's coming from LA. How I would I would assume that like if you're you're like a police in one state, you can't just go to another state. But they all had crazy accents. That's very true. It, I believe the sheriff is an elected role, is it not? In many places, I believe it is. I don't know for sure. I think it is. I have looked it up, and apparently, this was filmed in Florida. Hmm. So goes back to the Tiger King. Okay, it does. Everything goes back to the Tiger no, King. No, it doesn't. It was a um, very sad story. I cried big tears. We also meet Jenny as the the Waltz, who is the medical examiner, mm-hmm. drops her off at a house, and then out pops this other character who we get glimpses of a little bit at the beginning, yeah. Bobby, who's been waiting for her and wants to go for a walk. You can tell he's bad because he she's not interested. He has unconventional hair. Very 1990 hair. Yeah, like the bangs covering an entire side of the face. <laughs> and can we just say that this party is bumping? Yeah. There's... All of the 30-year-olds in the neighborhood are there. <laughs> Jenny's friend Debbie immediately greets her, but she's too cool to care about the murders because there's finally some action in them. Yeah, who cares about our friend who's dead? <laughs> in your dreams, fella. You made it. can't believe your funny daddy stepfather actually let you come. Did you, um, hear about Shannon? Of course, everyone's talking about it. Finally a little action in this dreary town. Is he here? Didn't you see him? I came in the back. I didn't. I, I didn't. You take it out. <laughs> no big deal. Hey, make yourself at home. We have everything you could possibly want. Yeah, uh, you're out of beer. 
So the two of them need to go flirt with the beer store guy to get some booze. Mm-hmm. And they drive off, but not before noticing that Charlie's truck is there. And he also follows their car to the gas station. Yes. Quote Sharon, gross, Charlie's there in his truck. <laughs> Debbie makes Jenny wait outside so she can go do her thing. Yeah. And Jenny spots Charlie's truck again and also him just like ominously staring at her. Ooh. But then he disappears Michael Myers style. Ah. A lot of things were Michael Myers. There were like a lot of riffs on other things yes. in this movie. Oh, yes. She backs up right into Debbie, who got turned down for beer. And this is, was this the first Pepsi product placement of the movie? Yeah, the, the giant, giant Pepsi thing behind them. The classic, like, pure logo before it got all. <laughs> Remember in the 90s when it got covered in like little water beads? Yeah, man. Generation Pepsi. Puke. <laughs> Get that out of here. So. So Charlie's there, ack, but then he disappears, as you said, and uh, then Jenny's sister, question mark? Yeah, we get to meet Tanya, who's Jenny's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's extremely pissed at her for no reason. Well, and she knows the danger that all 17-year-old girls are in tonight. She's a pretty big bitch, to be honest. Very rude about then it. Then she makes Jenny get in her car so they can go home. Mm-hmm. And Debbie gets back in her car, and this is another one of the Halloween riffs. Number one, car looks exactly like the one Annie dies in. It totally does. Number two, the windows are inordinately fogged up. Suspiciously so. She has to wipe it off with a towel. As though that's a normal thing that happens all the time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I liked it, I guess. Mm -hmm. She gets grabbed from behind and killed. We see Charlie in all of his glory, his sack head and goggles. Goofy looking. The couple of boys pull up and there's a fake out where Charlie creeps up on the one. He's going to kill him. His friend comes out and Charlie backs off. Melds into the shadows. They can find Debbie's headless body. And they don't notice the giant blood stain all over the inside of her car at first. (laughs) Which... Very shocking. Maybe it's a prank. He had a hard time with it. The cops all get to the gas station, and so does Walt, and he finds out Jenny was supposed to be there, Mm -hmm. and he flips out, and it does this really strange cut where it goes immediately to him at home calling for Jenny. Yeah, he's like... Who is also already there with Tanya. Completely out of breath. Uh, It's like a crazy handheld shot reflected. It's like he ran all the way home. (laughs) And... After this, elsewhere in Pukkoi, mm-hmm. this scene, I don't know what was going on. It's like an extended shower scene of this yes. girl changing out of her aerobics gear while she's having one of those shower Pepsis. You know. And Charlie watches from outside. And the Pepsi becomes a diet Pepsi, as you pointed out, yeah. midway through this. Uh, so yeah, shower Pepsi, water getting in that Pepsi probably from the shower, soap perhaps. Charlie gets into her house and he creeps up on her. It's like only a psycho would do that. as she drops her Diet Pepsi and gets soap all in her eyes. And then she's like, ah! And for whatever reason, he decides not to kill her, I guess? I don't know. Like, he he just leaves. And then Very they strange. do this weird thing where they have Charlie cross off the population by one to signify the murder. Yeah, he's but lucky that the population on the sign ended in a one. This is the first time he's done this, and there's been several murders. So yeah. The population's already down at least three. Three. 
Unless we're to believe, as we learn later, when it well, that's anyways, true. We'll talk about that because when we yeah, come like to it. Walt is he killed the first two women, yes, but then Charlie didn't. Yes. He's killing everyone after that, and he's a real bad guy. They're all bad guys. The boys from the gas station mm-hmm. get well. One of them gets questioned uh, at the police station, and he talks about how he saw Debbie's spine sticking out. Oh, my favorite part. Tell me all about what happened, Rob. Okay, I'll re-describe everything that you just saw in the prior scene slowly. And I'll have the uh, Garcia from Criminal Minds who's in this playing the telephone operator with her crazy dress and her sassy attitude. Sort of like Mimi from the Drew Carey show, but Mimi's evil. The evil version of that. Anyways, uh, so he's like, yeah, Here's everything I just saw and you just saw in the last scene. And then uh, the the receptionist is, is like, but did you see anything else or whatever? And then he's like, wait a minute. Yeah, I did see a guy. He's evil looking. Like he could kill someone and was a murderer and he was wearing a mask now that you mention it. He can't remember exactly what the mask looks like, though. Like, but he knows it was definitely evil and bad. Uh, so evil that he forgot it up until this very point? Yeah. Very frustrating. I guess so. Like, there's no use po- poking logic holes in this movie because there's so many of them. I guess so. So Jenny is suddenly at some barn, and there's a bunch of spooky night smoke, but it's just a dream. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Tanya comes up to her and says, Hey, I know you're still bummed about your murdered friend. Well, first she looks out her window and sees Charlie there just staring at her oh, from the tree. I missed that while I was scribbling down yeah. notes. Yeah, that's concerning. But she's not bothered by it at all because well, she doesn't really care about Charlie. He's just doing some night tree trimming as his services. Yeah. That's what he provides this community. Trim trees. And her and Tanya have this heart to heart. And Tanya's like, we should have all your friends over for a sleepover and you can talk it out. Plus, you need to go to school. It'll help you get over it. Definitely. Just forget about all of your trauma. Mm-hmm. It's it's very easy to do. You'll be safer together. And Jenny's like, you're still not my mom. Thanks for covering for me last night. I guess we'll do it. Uh, and then... Uh, Walt goes off to work. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, this murder matches with the rest of them. Like the... Gosh, um, darn it. This movie is mostly people coming into or leaving scenes. Yes. Uh, the L.A. sheriff covers the phone while the receptionist goes to the bathroom or something. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, the killer calls right then, and he doesn't know how to use the phone mm-hmm. comically. Hello. Having fun trying to find me. You're a tough one, aren't I? But we'll find you. We... Always do. Not me, you won't. You can't find a ghost, and you can't kill me either. Why are you doing this? Someone has to cut away the dead wood. Sassy's secretary was wearing these, this like frilly red shirt with white ruffles. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was quite the look. Yeah, we also man. learned later that she has like a see-through purse. A giant see-through purse that she keeps in a giant filing cabinet drawer. It's great. It's a great character affectation the whole time. So he gets this call, and one of the deputies comes in, and they do this slow zoom in on him sort of shot. Mm-hmm. That was strange. Did was, this deputy ever get a name? 
I'm not sure. I certainly didn't write it down. Me neither. <laughs> uh, so the sheriff relays the entire call back to the deputy, and then the deputy's like, oh, well, uh, do you think it's safe having vigilante citizens on the street with guns? I don't think so, but what are you going to do? Haven't you guys seen Silver Bullet? You idiots. Oh, and the killer also gave him a clue that he's right in the middle of things. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. So cryptic. What could it possibly mean? So that night, Tanya goes to talk to her dad because this slumber party is underway. Yeah, and... Uh, it's raging. Dad is just sitting in the upstairs window with his shotgun waiting to shoot any killers While who approach. staring out at them as they toast marshmallows and they make fun of the whole murder situation. Yeah. I don't know. The, the scene was weird and dumb. Because they don't take this seriously at all, despite the fact that two of their friends have been murdered. Mm -hmm. Very frustrating. And then one of them is like, I brought a flask. Let's go behind where your dad can't see us, even though that's all yeah. he wants to do right now. <laughs> right behind this fireplace. And as soon as Walt sees them go behind the fireplace, he runs out of the house with his gun. He's like, oh, the, the killer is luring them. There's when some rustling leaves and <gasps> Bobby jumps out and scares them. So it was a fake out. And but then uh, he almost gets shot by the coroner. Who's like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. like Walt's pissed about mm -hmm. it. Um, but he does send him home and he's pretty worried about him. I thought it was pretty smart because it's something you don't see very often in horror movies. Where it's like. Where he was like, call me as soon as you're home. Here's my phone number. Like an actual yeah. smart plan. But and it was inconsequential anyway because he just gets a random ring on his phone later. Like, and he's just like, well, it must be the guy who got home. And then when his mother calls him to be like, yo, my son didn't come back. He's just like, I'm sure he will. Yeah. So it's almost like Charlie was like listening in on this conversation. I guess. I don't know. Pretty no Maybe because he was about to attack. Yeah. But it's unclear. Like he, as soon as Bobby gets home, he mm -hmm. gets killed by Charlie. As soon as he gets in his front gate, it's those damn tall yeah. fences. They make bad neighbors sometimes when you're getting murdered. And sure enough, the next day, they end up finding the body. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This movie it moves so fast at some points. Yes. They also do this riff on Jaws where <laughs> Bobby's mother blames Walt for all of this, and which I think is right. She's, yes, ultimately correct. But why is she at the scene of her son's dismembered corpse? Her house? I thought it was in a dumpster. No, it, it was at the gate to his house. Oh, I see. Like yeah, he had sucks. just unlatched the gate to go like through the back door mm. of his house. And that's when Charlie got him. And then the next day their gardener was pulling the hose and it was stuck on Bobby's Ugh, corpse. No fun. Yeah. Hope you got a good tip for that. But anyways, uh, she, yeah, why didn't you drive him home? So upset. Also, the DA is there to fight with the sheriff. Because mm -hmm. he's not doing enough. <laughs> God darn it. I really didn't like the DA character. I know that's obviously intentional, but he seems so cartoonish in his, like, villainy. And, like, un unreasonable. And he doesn't make a lot of 
choices that make sense yeah ultimately by the end of it in the deputy who we'll just call him deputy mm-hmm. um he shows the sheriff this perfect footprint in some mm-hmm. sand which tips him off that perhaps this killer is staying at this abandoned house yeah because it's right in the middle of things and then later i guess the sheriff gets this mm-hmm. taunting phone call this movie was very repetitive yes. and honestly it's pretty dull it it is extremely dull and there isn't very much to save it. And the the sheriff is basically like, hey, why don't you stop doing it? I'm getting tired of all this killing that you're doing, sir. And he drives out to the stupid abandoned barn. Mm-hmm. Why nobody has considered this place before is unclear. <laughs> but he starts poking around while yeah. being watched by Charlie, quotes, because it's not Charlie. Does he see him? He Out of the corner of his eye. He finds his bed. He finds boots, which seem to match the print. But then he hears a noise and he sees Charlie running. So Uh-oh. he runs right into the dark barn because if you can believe it, Charlie does not stop when the sheriff is just like, hold on. Yeah, there. stop, sir. Get down. Put your hands over there. Get he, down. He finds the serrated murder weapon and goes the, back to his truck. To It's still covered in blood. Yes, as is his shoes. To radio in and we see Charlie behind him. And Sassy is gruff and annoying when he tells her to send the deputy there. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And something I really hated about this character, he's always just like, I don't have time to explain. Just get it done. That happens so much in movies like this, I though. I hate it because why wouldn't you just say, I have found the murder weapon at the Venter place and I need backup. He exactly. also, he wasn't wearing a fucking radio while you're going solo <laughs> in where you think the killer is? I checked because it made me very angry. Nice. And it seems like that is a standard piece of equipment, even in the 90s. The, so he like cocks his gun mm-hmm. and then cut to the deputy arriving at the barn <laughs> to find him just hanging around, waiting behind this door for the deputy to take these boots. Like they're going to shoot each other because they're surprising each other. Yeah. Like, oh, it's very frustrating because like, why would they be this stupid? There's more of Jenny and her friends. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I know one was Sue. But Sue didn't really talk very much. The one who talked very much, I did not catch her name. Uh, it's fine. They're, Katie? They're terrible maybe? people. Yeah, they're real assholes. I really don't like them. I, the, all of these teen characters are so weird. Yes. We get some exposition as they're walking that Charlie had some sort of accident. We find mm-hmm. out later it's a chainsaw accident. Um, so they dare Jenny to go to his house after dark and, and, and then, then suddenly disappear. And yeah. Jenny walks right into Charlie just as the cops show up. And arrest him. And she's like, I'm not afraid. I'm no scaredy cat or whatever. Like, you are pathetic. They don't talk to her or tell her what's going on, really. But they do call Walt. So at the police station, the sheriff starts questioning Charlie and stripping him of his goggles mm-hmm. and sack to expose his crazy scarred face. It's very orange. And... Uh, he can't talk to him. So we learn that Waltz and Charlie served in Vietnam together and there was a chainsaw accident, which begs the question, how does Jenny know what he was like before the accident? Because when she's talking with her friend, she's like, he wasn't like this before the accident. Maybe uh, the chainsaw accident was after Vietnam. But also, I guess Sassy says something similar. So maybe I misunderstood. I don't know either. And it, uh, frankly, interior logic in this is not strong. Yeah. <laughs> Walt goes in to talk to Charlie, and we don't hear anything. No. But he comes out with a full write-up about everything that Charlie told him. He just wouldn't shut up. Suspicious. 
to the sheriff mm-hmm. because it seems too easy because it is too easy. And yes. I think even in 1990, they would have had a camera in that interrogation or room. Or he would have listened in. Yeah. Like somehow. What? Law and Order is yeah. already out, right? Or is exactly. it 92? No, it was definitely it was already out. out around that time. And they always had cameras in there. Inter- I mean, that's in, TV. But... In uh, LA Confidential or whatever Yeah, or like the first yeah. 48 or all of those. They'll usually be like, here's this person confessing to this mm-hmm. crime. Uh, but like even in like the 50s, they had Yeah. Them, so whatever. Um, yeah, so the sheriff is suspicious of this. Uh, and then it, like Jenny agrees to do this whole Charlie House thing yeah. with her friends. I'm not scared. So Solely for narrative reasons. Oh, this whole so plot line exists outside of the rest of the movie. Well, it's so weird because because Walt is a widower. At first, I was like, maybe this is representing the dynamics. Older sibling steps in as pseudo parent. Yeah, younger sibling is super rebelling and like making like. Uh, life-threatening decisions and stuff, taking risks they wouldn't normally take because they don't care anymore. I guess. So the sheriff makes a realization that they've got the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I told you drinking too much coffee was going to give you diarrhea. Why would she say that? I don't know. It's so bizarre. He, well, this is a start. She has sort of like a 180-degree shift here. Um, so the sheriff goes to the Emmy's office to leave a message for Walt mm-hmm. that says, I have the wrong man. I think we both know who it is. Basically making it clear that it's Walt. And he gives it to Eddie, the Walt's assistant. assistant. And back then later, back at the sheriff's office, the sassy secretary is leaving and she's suddenly very kind mm-hmm. to the sheriff. A total flit like flip from what she's been the whole movie. I think maybe it's like, sure, I'm hard on you, but I've touched my giant kindness purse. And now <laughs> I'm I'm warming up to you. She's only gruff when she's on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> she leaves him alone and the killer comes in behind the sheriff, but it's just a dummy. Yeah. It the trap was set and now he's got the killer who is Waltz. Because in Saigon Walt cut up a 17-year-old girl mm-hmm. and killed her. The So the sheriff caught on because Walt said that he had the murder weapon, but how would he know what the mm-hmm. murder weapon is? Also, Charlie can't speak, so this confession is not so great, which is very short-sighted on Walt's part. Right. <laughs> so frustrating as well. So Walt has been doing all of these calls mm-hmm. and the taunting the whole time, and he says that this whole thing is like an addiction uh and he got drunk and he woke up with blood all over him. And he killed the first two, but the rest have been the real Charlie. Yeah. And, and Charlie's for some worse than fucking I am. reason, they let Charlie go because they couldn't hold him. Which seems incorrect to me. So Charlie and Walt are a team, but Charlie's the worst of the two. They were a team. Yes. Not so much anymore. I, I guess ever since this mangling. Yeah, and I guess the doc can cut up as many bodies as yeah. he wants as a coroner. Charlie then runs into a gang of bikers, mm-hmm. and he knocks one because he's pissed. He's like speeding down yes. the road, and he walks one of them, knocks one of them off the bike, and then he starts revving his engine, all scary, like to get Taunting him to back them. off. Also, there was some gay coding in this scene. I yes, thought. Yes, I thought so too. Pierce Deers with biker biker guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was riding. 
this is a little problematic, I guess, but he was riding bitch on the mm-hmm. dirt bike. Um, yeah. Biker number three, actually, the actor who played him, mm-hmm. did mocap for Red Dead Redemption 2. Whoa. And he voiced, I again, you would know this, Herman Thomas. No idea who that is. But he voiced him in Red Dead Redemption 2. And one of the others, the one with the earring, is an opera singer. And the other one still acts lots in, like, he's like a character actor. Wow. Yeah. Amazing to see where these shooting stars land. <laughs> Tanya gets a call from one of Jenny's friends, mm-hmm. the Jenny friend who's not Sue. The nameless. Maybe Katie. The nameless Katie. To tell, she's like, just tell Jenny that we're not going to be able to make it tonight. Um, and neither is our other friend. Yeah. Um, so we were like, going to go out to like Charlene's, but we decided not to. And we were like weird with the murder. And we knew, we knew that like she was going to go around this time midnight and yeah. we're so calling, calling you, you now <laughs> to like make sure she gets in a lot of trouble because we hate her, I guess. I guess. Just like very strange. So very strange. Tanya has to go try and find Jenny because mm-hmm. she's off at Charlie's house all alone. Um, and then with more driving, Charlie comes across a dude with a broke down van mm-hmm. and then he stabs him in the hand with some shears and then drags him alongside his truck for a bit and then runs him over. Yeah. I did like this scene and I, I wish there was more of this stuff in the movie. Me too. Because it would have been a different movie if it had more of this tone to it. I agree. Or I it's like, like a revenge. I thought on they the were town. making a very serious like slasher movie. Yeah. Where it wasn't like tongue in cheek enough for it to be so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like eh. so much of it, it was, was toothless. Paint by numbers, but like a whole bunch of different paintings stuck together. Yeah. It's not very great. Walt calls Tanya mm-hmm. to make sure that the two of them are safe. And then he learns that Jenny is not there. Oh no. So he knocks the sheriff out and runs off. He escapes very easily. Super, super easy. Takes his gun as well. Yeah. And gets going, runs off. The bikers get to Charlie's house. They mm-hmm. see his truck, decide to prank him or fight him. I don't know. Yeah. Let's attack him. They go into the dark barn and go up into this red room that was in mm-hmm. Jenny's nightmare where their friend is already dead. Uh-huh. And then the guy who got knocked off of his bike gets hung. This was where we had the blue screen. So we don't really know yes. what happened, but we know he got hung and thrown out the like, uh, hay window. Yeah. Bail divers window. alarms. Just like in Shakespeare. Um, And then the last remaining biker runs to his dirt bike, takes this sweet-ass time. Yeah, to start it. Every car in this is one of those cars where it's like, all the spark plugs in town got loosened somehow. And somehow Charlie gets ahead of him and is able to knock him off the bike and kill him. Well, here's what I thought. I thought this was uh, Walter just getting one one last ride. I didn't think about that. I don't know. But who knows? Yeah. Um, the sheriff gets to Charlie's place and he pokes around some more. Alone, again. He seemingly loves Naturally. to do this. He finds the red room as well where he's overtaken by the bad smell. Mm-hmm. What could it be? Why didn't they search this barn earlier? When they initially arrested him, they would have had probable cause to search this barn. Well, here's the thing. He's already searched the barn because it's technically abandoned property, right? Yeah. So he's already searched it and found the murder weapon. But they didn't go up into the loft? Keep searching for more clues? Exactly. Like, that place should be covered in cops. Like, it should be, like... Stem to stern. Yeah. 
very frustrating. Seems a little inconsistent, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And Jenny's just wandering around this whole time. Yeah. La, la, la. She also goes to the barn and then up to the red room. And at this point, I was like, we get it. Mm-hmm. The re- Everyone's going up into the red room. We get it. It's also, <laughs> isn't she not like, hey, this is from my dream. Yeah. I not, guess she just not forgot about the all. dream. Not at all. So frustrating. Charlie comes out and she runs off so that she can hurt her leg in mm-hmm. cliche horror movie fashion. Yeah, she falls out. Also finds a dead body and the sheriff's unconscious body. Oh no! Charlie's gonna get her with a chainsaw until Tanya comes to save her. Smacks him with a big shovel twice for good measure. Then they get scared by Walt, who's in full Charlie drag, mm-hmm. and Jenny shoots him. And then, just to make sure she's extra traumatized, he takes off the mask to be like, You've killed me, daughter! Tanya tries to get an axe, but Mm -hmm. settles for some rocks instead. Because... She throws them at him. Charlie's... The real Charlie is back, and he's doing a full leather face. He's encroaching on Jenny with this chainsaw. Waving it around. Dripping gasoline that Walt ends up setting on fire... But then Charlie just walks into a lake. Walt dies. Walt Tanya's also like, squeezes off a couple of you rounds. Now, Jenny. He like shoots him as well. The sheriff asks if they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, right? <laughs> Great time to wake up, dude. Then he just walks off. He's like, I gotta go get help. Uh, and leaves them uh, there at the lake's uh, edge. Uh, isn't his car there? What? Like, take them back with you. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> The next day, all the cops are at the lake. Mm-hmm. They don't find anything. And the DA says, they're going to do this whole cover-up. Charlie never returned to Pocoe at all. Yeah. No one saw him. What are you talking about? Uh, and and then the deputy's like, you know what, Sheriff? I'm beginning to think he's there's something to this. But it doesn't make any sense it because doesn't. Walter... You arrested was, him. Walter was working while the other guy was arrested. And... They were both at the police station. At the same time. While the guy was, Walter was allegedly taking his fucking confession, Uh, right? It didn't, it didn't make any sense. Yep. It didn't make it, but hey, whatever. That's Chinatown, I guess. Then we see Charlie pick up a hitchhiker and the end. Yeah. (sighs) He's starting a new tree trimming business. I will probably never watch this movie again. Um. It wasn't fun for me. No. It was very like, I don't know, this is like one of those movies that would be on in the background of a better movie. Yes. To be like, look at what they're watching. It's this deep cut. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's somehow marginally thematically related. <laughs> but not, no real people watch exactly. this. Exactly. No offense, whatever his name is. Um. So Six Degrees of Jamie Lee. This has been a really quick episode. There wasn't really much to talk about here. Sorry, folks. Um. So Larry Sullivan, who is in an unnamed, uncredited role mm-hmm. in this one, I'm assuming party teen or something. Okay. Um, so he was in Aftermath with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is in True Lies with Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice. He still acts, this Larry Sullivan guy. He was in uh, Big Little Lies. Hey, good for him. Yeah. It's going to get a good residual check, I bet. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we'll be back next week with maybe an Easter-themed episode. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. It'll, I, maybe it'll be something to do with rabbits or something to do with eggs or... The killer chocolate yeah, monster. we'll see. It could be like Wepus or uh, 
uh, last year I think we mentioned Bunny Man. Mm. I've never seen Bunny Man. We could watch that. I think it's from like 2009, so is, that should fit in. Is Lepus the one with the rabbits? I think it's, yeah, like Isle of the Lepus or something. Ah, nice. And then they're just like running over miniature scenes and stuff. Yes. I love it. It's sort of like Frogs or the one with the ants or Kingdom of the Tarantula. I remember the ants one very well, watching it on TVO. That's another one that's usually on TV in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so social media plugs, I guess. Uh, you can join us on Instagram at definitely first blood on Twitter at deaf first blood. And if you want to send us an email with a recommendation or a suggestion as to where we could find some rare movies, definitely first, sorry, definitely, definitely first blood at gmail.com. It's only six something and I'm tired, but it's young. Hey so man. Quarantine time. No, no more exists. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.